0: We have a little bit of time, and so let's turn our attention to his word this morning, to the second chapter here, the 12th and 13th verses in the book of Philippians, and a short study. Work it out. There are so many people that read these verses, and and they come to the wrong conclusion because of what it says, and apparently how it says it, it seems as though... There's something we need to do to be saved. There is. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Works can't save you. They never have, never will. But we have a part to play once we're saved in, in the great work that God wants to do here on this earth. And so the Apostle Paul writing to a church that he loved, a church that he will begin the verse 12 with the word therefore, reminding us of the unity that we have in Christ. Remember, it's looking back that Jesus didn't consider it robbery to come to this earth, to to buy us back from the the price on our head, to pay the ransom, that we're unified in that. We're to be others-centered These incredible things that we've already seen here in this amazing little book. And now he turns his attention and says, therefore, my beloved. He changes to a a notation of care and concern and love for this church that he had a hand in birthing. Church that he had spent time with and ministered to. And as he says those words, he's going to say something to them that's so important for us today, a simple truth that will really transform your life if you lay hold of it today, that we need to work it out. Would you pray with me and let's ask God to use his word. Father, we thank you for the power of your word to transform, to change, to mold, to shape, Lord, that work that it does to make us new creations in Christ. And we pray now in these few minutes that we have remaining this morning, God, that you take these words and cause them to to birth forth new wonderful things in our lives. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 12, Philippians 2, And therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, You see, the church at Philippi was a church of the word, and I could say the same thing about this wonderful fellowship. We're a church of the word. We believe God's word is truth. That truth is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between joint and marrow. It is truth to us, and we take it in. You're you're a church. You're a church that hungers for the word of God. And you observe the word of God. You study the word. why we're here. It's why we spend time engaged in the study of God's word. I could say the same to you. You love the word. But notice how he follows that up. Not as in my presence only. Can I share with you, Pastor Jeff can't come to your house every day. I can't mediate everything in your life, and neither can the pastoral staff or the leadership, the elders in the church. Or, or even more, maybe more senior saints here in the body. You're going to spend a vast majority of your life, you and Jesus. You and the Lord. You're going to have moments where you need to live out God's word, whether there's anyone watching or not. Whether there's somebody that comes alongside and helps you or not. And so he says, not just when I'm there with you, but when I'm not there. But now much more in my absence, and here's why. Because you're going to spend most of your time not in church, amen? You're going to spend most of your time not necessarily with other believers. Most of your waking hours will be with people who don't know Jesus. The enemy's going to come against you. He's going to be like that blood. He's going to attack you. And he does not play fair. The enemy isn't going to call you up and say, are you spiritually ready for me to attack you today? <laughs> not going to happen. You're going to have to live out your faith in very inopportune times. It's going to happen at work. It's going to happen at home. It's going to happen when your kids go away to school. It's going to happen in those times of stress and struggle and strain when you live out your life. This world is a dark place, amen? And you've been called to be light. You see, each one of us is a light for the Lord. And remember, he's reminded us that we're better together than we are alone. It's like, those you know, we have these new flashlights. You can go, like, online and buy these eight. You can see the space station with them these flashlights, and you're like that, you have the light of the Lord in you, every one of you, and when you duct tape about 50 of those together, we're a lot brighter than just one of us alone, amen? And so he's really saying to us, look, you want to be as bright as you can be so that when we're together, we're even brighter still, but you need to be focused, you need to be strong, your batteries need to be good. You see, you can take a bunch of us and put us together, but if we've got one of us in there that's got no batteries, not going to do a lot of good for the kingdom. And so he says, but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And we'll get to what this means in a moment. Very often misinterpreted. It's not saying that you have any part in actually becoming saved. You believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as far as the work done, that was done on Calvary's cross. Matter of fact, even the faith to believe is a gift to you. So you don't work for your salvation. Salvation is not of works, lest any of us should boast. It is the free gift of God. Amen? But you do get to work once you are saved. It can be tough in this world. For it is God, notice this, helps us understand it, who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And so in this passage, it's absolutely still about grace. You know, you you look at it, work out my own salvation, I can't. That's right, you can't. And you won't in that sense. Because it's not about whether you're saved or not. It's about if you are saved, are you going to do something with it? You see, because here's the deal. We're we're nearing the end of the football season, so I'm going to use football this week. You're on the Lord's football team. We have marched down the field through history and we are in the red zone. Matter of fact, we're on the one-yard line. And the enemy's team is opposing us. They're backed up into their own end zone. It is fourth and one from the goal line, and our team has the ball. We need to drive the ball into the end zone. It's going to take some work, and you know what? You need to do that work before you get to the end line. You need to make sure that you've run the wind sprints. You need to be out there practicing that passing route. You need to make sure you know your blocking assignment because it's too late when you get down to the end zone to work it out. You need to have worked it out before you get there. And so for each of us, we have a part to play in the team that is the kingdom that is going to come and his will that is going to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. You're on the Lord's team and you've got a part to play Every one of you here today in Christ Jesus matters. Did you know that? Every one of you matters to what God is doing here on this earth. So we work it out. The words your own here are actually plural. It's not your own like you specifically. It's your own as in us corporately. We each need to work out our own because we're being used together. We are the body of Christ. Paul would write to the church at Corinth, and there in the 12th chapter, describe all these gifts that he gives to the church. And in fact, he'd go on and say, look, the I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. You have a part to play. You see, if we're on God's football field, and we're in the game, it only takes one person falling down, and we don't score, amen? It only takes one person on defense who's not defending, and and the other team scores. The same is true in the body of Christ. God is using each of us, and we need to take our position seriously. We need to work it out. Not to be saved, but because we are saved, we have a part to play. You're in the game for a reason. You see, it is grace that saves us, but once you're saved by grace, you should want to have some gracious living that comes out of you. Grace filled living that changes people's lives, transforms this world, takes people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His marvelous light. We get a chance to engage in that. We're a team. And so we have to do some hard work. And in that sense, we we have to grind it out. Life is hard and then you die. Praise the Lord if you're a Christian. Amen. (laughs) Life is hard and then you die. Yeehaw. You know, I would imagine at the end of like the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure this is the last game of the season, right? They're out there on that field. I'm pretty sure they're actually looking forward to the game being over and everybody going home. But wouldn't you like to be on the winning team instead of the losing team? Work it out. You see, the game's almost over. Your life is a vapor. My life's a vapor. We're going to turn around, blink. We're going to be in heaven. What are you doing before you get there? Did you make an impact? Did you make an impact play while you were here? When When they run through the scroll of all the events in heaven... When you go to that great Bema seat of Christ there in 2 Corinthians 5 and you're standing before the Lord, are they going to be showing highlights of your life? When you stuck the devil in the gut and knocked him down, or, or are you going to be that person that tripped going into the end zone, fumbled the ball, work it out? We want to be on the highlight reel, Amen? I do. I've played a lot of sports in my time. I can tell you what you don't want to be. You don't want to be the one that DeAndre Jordan dunks over. You want to be DJ throwing it down. You, you, You see, we're on a team. We represent the Lord everywhere we go. You're wearing his name on your jersey. Work it out. Get in the gym. Do some spiritual buffing up. You want to be ripped for Jesus, amen? You want to be cut. Not cut from the team. You want to be looking good. (laughs) Amen? You got to work on those details. So you got to go out and do those little wind sprints of faith. You've got to take that joy and use it in other people's lives. You need to be someone who says, you know what? I am someone who is other-centered. You've got to work at that. That doesn't come naturally. You know, there's a thing at the beginning of football season. It's called Hell Week. It's when you figure out who's in shape and who's not in shape. And if you're not in shape, then you're going to be, it's not good. We've already gone through that. Jesus paid the price. You're out of hell week. We're on the field. It's fourth and goal. The game's almost over. We're near heaven. Are you in shape? Work it out. Do you have eternal values in mind? Are you thinking about how God can use you? That fear and trembling is reverence. And here's the way it works. Our Father who is in heaven has an amazing game plan. He pulled out the playbook and he said, I'm sending my son to earth to pay for everybody's sin so that we can win this game. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen? Amen. So it's like 745,000 and nothing, Jesus side. But we still got one more drive to make down the field till we get home. We want to be in shape for that. We want to contribute to what the Lord is doing with us while we're still here. We want to have that victory in view. And so how does your salvation touch your life in that sense as we drive down the field for the final time? What is it that's going on with you? Are you you ready to play? If the coach should call you to witness to that one person, if Jesus says, hey, I'd like you to go over there and share your faith with that person, are you ready to get in the game? Or have you been snacking on churros? You're kind of sitting over there, well, I'd like to, but I can't quite go right now. The Lord wants to be able to call your number and put you in, coach. You see, we're in the game called life. And that life for us is eternal life. It's the life abundant. It's joyous. You ever feel sorry for teams that are really terrible? That's the devil's team. Don't feel sorry for that team. But you got to know that when you're on the winning team, it's like you're going to win. So you need to play like you're on the winning team. You see a lot of Christians wander around like, well, I'm going to lose. Shoulders hump forward. It's like, well, I don't know. Not sure I'm going to make it. You're winners. Amen? You're going to get the trophy. It's going to be a crown. Then you're going to take that crown, you're going to put it at the coach's feet, at Jesus' feet. You see, we work those things out with fear and trembling. We, We remember we're in the red zone and we're going to practice as hard as we can so that when we get to the end of the game, we can hear nice play. Way to go. You work it out. You honor the game plan. It's right here in the word. Amen? Tells you how to play the game right here. Tells you what to look out for. Tells you what to do. Tells you how to get strong. Tells you how to be ready. In essence, I will do his will. I I will do what the coach says. The Lord's speaking to us. and He's saying, look, here's the things that I need you to do. You're a little weak in prayer. You need to work on your prayer life. You're a little weak in faith. You need to work on your faith life. You really need to study the playbook a little more so you know the plays that we're running. Because that relationship you're in, that's the devil's playbook. That alcohol that you're struggling with, that's out of the enemy's playbook. That's not God's playbook. You need to know what the playbook says. If you know what the playbook says, you're ready to go back in the game. Do you get the picture? You got to work it out. But you got to know what it says to work it out. You imagine somebody going out there on the football field and they're dressed in, you know, a basketball uniform. That's going to hurt. You got to get a beat down like they don't really know what to do with. First time you line up, you're wearing, you know, some short shorts and a jersey and you line up against some guy on the offensive line that's 360 pounds that can run a 4 you're going to get run over. It's going to look like a Peterbilt ran over you. It's not going to be good. If you'd have studied the playbook, you'd know that you need to have some pads on. Got to put on the whole armor of God you got to study to show yourself an approved workman rightly dividing the word of truth. You, You see, you need to work it out. And when you work it out, you're ready to get in the game. I played a little basketball for who are the Los Angeles Clippers right now back when they were still in San Diego. And I can tell you what, when the coach calls your number, he's not going to ask you if you're ready. You're supposed to be ready. If you're not ready to go in, you can't get ready when you've been called. You're just going to go in and get stomped. You're going to look terrible. Here's the good news. The Lord doesn't want you to look terrible. doesn't want you to embarrass yourself out on the court. doesn't want to put you in the game and have you get run over. wants you to get in there and take some names for Jesus. you got to work it out. And so I want to encourage you as we close. You see, when you desire to do God's will, he will give you more desire to do God's will. That's what happens. Because you get in and you actually run the play well, and it works, and you're like, yes, I'll run that one again. You see, that's how it works. The reason he calls on faithful people is they studied the game plan, they prepared themselves. They worked it out. They were ready to get in the game. And when they get in the game, they actually play. That's a great place to be. Nobody likes to sit on the bench, amen? I don't like to sit on the bench. I like to be in the game. If you want to be in the game, work it out. Let God work in your life to will and to do his good pleasure. He'll help you with the strengthening. He'll help you with the conditioning. He'll help you with understanding the game plan. He'll help you get all the skills and talents and gifts you need so that he can call your number and put you in the game. And when you do, you're going to go in there. Watch this, coach. One-handed grab diving, going out the back of the end zone, both feet down. TD. Not... What's the center do? You work it out. And he will will in you to do his good pleasure. And you're going to enjoy the game then. You're going to enjoy life. You're going to have joy. You're going to be going, okay, I'm ready. Let's go play. And that's good for all of us. Because we need you. We need you as the church. We need every last one of you that's in here to be ready to play. Because the end of the game's coming. Time is short. Let's go out and show them we know how to play. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. God, that you would pick any of us for your team. Lord, that your grace would go that far as beyond our understanding. God, we thank you that you've chosen us before the foundations of the world to be on your team. God, that you've equipped us by grace and through faith. And Lord, we pray that we'd be ready to play when you call our number. Lord, thanks for giving us the encouragement to to be strong in the power of your might. Lord, we know that there are some here that are weak. They need to be conditioned. God, would you help them? We know there are some that are ready to play and they haven't really gotten in the game. God, would you encourage them to get in and play? Uh, We look forward to what you're going to do and so grateful uh, for all the wonderful things that you've done in our lives already. We look forward to that day when we stand in heaven before that throne to receive those things that we've done in this body. God, we want to be on that highlight reel. Help us to be ready. Help us to work it out. We ask these things in Jesus' name. God's people all said? Amen. Amen. Won't you stand?